Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a senior social sector leader from Singapore, Mrinalini Venkatachalam. Mini, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Uh, Mini is the Regional Director, Southeast Asia and Oceania for We Connect International, uh, which is a global nonprofit network that works with multinational corporations and multilateral organizations to generate market access opportunity for women's business enterprises. She's also been recognized, awarded, and felicitated several times. So, Mini, let's talk We Connect International. Tell me about uh, what you do. So, We Connect International is a global nonprofit network. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with, like you said, corporations, multilaterals, governments to buy more from women-owned businesses. This is because um, if you look at global procurement, less than 1% of procurement spend goes to women-owned businesses. This is not because um, women are not capable. It's because there is ingrained gender bias in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So um, what we do is that we... Um, work with the corporations on their buying needs, understand where, they, where there's opportunities to mm-hmm. integrate women-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we um, you know, introduce them to the right businesses. And of course, it is a competitive process. We're not saying hand things to people on a platter. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying is they're really great at what they do. They're agile, they're innovative, they're competitive. Give them um, you know, a chance and they can prove that they are the best suppliers for you. Because um, ultimately, if you look at... Um, the thing, if you are excluding 40% of the world's businesses, you may not be finding the right business for what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been shown by many of our corporations that once they do start with working with these businesses, mm-hmm. that they um, find social good, not only the social gains and the social impact, but also that these are just the best suppliers um, mm-hmm. for what they need. On the other hand, it's, um, it would be cool to just throw women business owners in without helping them be business ready. So educating them on what is needed for procurement chains, um, what buyers are looking for, what are the basic requirements, certifications, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, um, bring them together in a matchmaking format with these corporations. Amazing. And when was VConnect started and who are the founders? So um, VConnect, it's been uh, now 14 years. And um, we were started out of the U.S., but we work largely outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was started by Elizabeth Vasquez, who was our CEO. But she called herself the co-founder because she believes that um, if it wasn't for the corporations who committed to actually looking at their supply chains, this would not be possible. Okay. So she calls herself the co-founder because she says we were founded in partnership with the organizations that committed to buying for women-owned businesses. Okay. So, uh, Mini, moving on, what are some of the challenges women face in self-employment or entrepreneurship? It's incredibly challenging because, um, one, there is the general assumption that women are incapable of doing anything except having small, like, um, cookie production stores or Mm -hmm. um, working in, like, jewelry production. Very, very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. So um, there are a lot of uh, industries that tend to be more male-dominated, IT facilities, manufacturing, um, pla- uh, you know, packaging, et cetera, mm-hmm. where um, 
people don't take women as seriously, but there, there are some really amazing stellar businesses mm. in the space led by women. Mm. Um, so that's one challenge to start with. The second is uh, accessing funding. Uh, mm. Women tend to get way less funding than um, male entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at supply chains, um, I've spoken to buyers who've said things to me like, well, you know, we're a large organization. We have um, very large contracts. They're in the millions, billions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that comes with a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Do you think the women in your network can do this? Because they have other responsibilities with their family, with their thing. And so they may not be as committed. Mm-hmm. And that kind of bias just eliminates the opportunity for them to work with large, to get larger contracts, to grow their business, etc. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it is true. Women are meant to do this and they have to balance their um, family responsibilities, which makes it more challenging for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, there isn't an equal um, load of caregiving for both uh, genders. So those tend to be some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about uh, some of the challenges as far as market access is concerned? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, like what I said about... Um, you know, the buyers not wanting to work with them. So like being able to have large contracts and scale is already okay. one um, challenge. Mm-hmm. But growing beyond borders, um, women tend to have less access to networks mm-hmm. that can educate them on what is required to grow the legal implications of growing beyond borders, the right. what kind of export licenses you need, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't tend to have as much access as the male entrepreneurs do. And they also find it more challenging to break into new markets because, again, ingrained gender bias, they tend to not have as many opportunities to work with investors, um, mm-hmm. partners, etc. Um, as they grow. So that's one of the things we're trying to eradicate as we work. Wonderful. And uh, where and how do you come in to support a lot of these entrepreneurs? And if you have any interesting examples or anecdotes, please share them. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I lead um, Asia Pacific for mm-hmm. We Connect International. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the opportunity and the privilege to work with entrepreneurs and buyers from a across the region, mm-hmm. many cultures, many beliefs, um, you know, so it's super fun, actually. Um, we've had a lot of really great success stories, um, you know, from uh, a small business that um, started supplying to just maybe, you know, like Hilton, they were really small, they, they're coffee producers in Indonesia, they started supplying to, Hilton said, well, let's start with two hotels, mm-hmm. right? And they um, supplied to those in Bali and then it just grew and grew and grew. And they've grown as an organization with these contracts because every time a, a corporate gives um, these businesses a contract, mm-hmm. it actually helps them grow 250%. So that's amazing. You know, you've seen them scale so much just because of that one contract, one person who believed in them, they grow. We've also seen women business owners come together. So for me, one of the success stories was um, we had these businesses, one that was in events management and marketing, and one that was um, more focused on the um, like the, the financial side of things, they came together. Um, there was an RFP that was done by a large um, financial institution that needed somebody with the knowledge or the financial knowledge, but who could put together you know, events, marketing around um, their products. Mm-hmm. And these women met at a WeConnect National um, thing. They came together, they applied, and you know, together, then now they, they were able to access this RFP. Mm-hmm. They're now working more closely together. They've started a product, separate product together. 
you know, th that's helping them grow and scale as organization. It's also helped them stay sustained through the um, pandemic because mm -hmm. these kind of collaborations are what have kept them going. Because right. the events industry kind of died during um, the pandemic, whereas um, being able to have this niche um, area of support is something that we've done. We've seen, mm. we've had organizations that um, have been supplying IT to large, um, you know, medical companies. Mm. Um, you know, it's public knowledge that Johnson & Johnson's vaccine is produced by a women-owned company in India. Mm -hmm. So there's some really, really great um, success stories of how organizations have worked with women-owned businesses and not because they're not they're feeling sorry for them, not because it's token, but because these are really great businesses mm -hmm. that have brought value to them. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to many people who are uh, doing amazing stuff like you are doing. The general view is that when you support a women entrepreneur, yes. you support a family because okay. women put a lot of the earnings back into the family. I'd love to get your perspective on how does the income that a woman earns supports her family? So I would go beyond a family. Um, it starts with, well, um, and I'm quoting UN women here, uh, women reinvest 90% of their earnings into building their families and communities. Right. So definitely um, that helps with better education. Uh, better access to uh, resources with for the families, um, better uh, living conditions. So um, these are just a few things for the family, but it goes well beyond the family because women on business have higher rates of hiring other women, right? Um, which in turn has like a, a domino effect of the impact that this provides, especially during this time when um, a lot of women have had to step away from the workforce to look for flexible working mm -hmm. in order to meet the requirements of like, you know, the, the pandemic has put mm -hmm. on them in terms of a familiar obligations. So a lot of these women have um, hired other women. So that is sort of has that amplified effect, as well as if you look at the sustainability metrics, uh, mm -hmm. women on business actually have much higher ESG metrics than right. um, just uh, all other businesses. So that's, Really great. And then if you look at it, um, a business that has at least one female founder does 63% better than mm. other organizations that could contribute um, a lot to the GDP. We did some research in Singapore and found that if women owned businesses could just be brought to the same level as male owned businesses, that um, would add 20% to our GDP. That's well a said. substantial jump. Well said. So, and you know, yeah. you run the entire Asia Pacific region for WeConnect. Based on your experience, are the challenges women face similar across countries or are some countries or is the state of development of a country uh, an impact? Definitely, I would say it does. Mm -hmm. But um, the gender bias is pretty rampant across most countries in this mm -hmm. region. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, definitely the rate of development of the country has impact. You know, mm -hmm. um, we see less growth um, in you know, Cambodia, for example, Indonesia has its own challenges. Japan, with its very, very patriarchal society, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, has a lot of challenges, even though it is a developed country, Correct. right? Um, so there are, like, trends that you can see in developing nations, especially when it comes to accessing finance, because um, many of these countries require a male 
partner, husband, father, son, whatever it is, to co-sign on a loan, which is ridiculous, mm. right? Um, so that access to market, I think access to markets and access to finance tend to be the greatest challenges in some of the less developed countries, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to the developing nations. Um, I mean, um, like I said, Japan, we've had women tell us we're so scared to acknowledge that this is a women-owned company because um, we think that most of our more traditional clients will just abandon us. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. And uh, my next question to you is, is on culture, you know, and I think you answered a bit of it, but I want to ask you, you know, go a little deeper. How does culture uh, of society, of uh, the country um, impact women entrepreneurs across the entire globe that you work in? Sure. I mean, um, let's face it, for most of the Asian nations, we have a fairly patriarchal societies mm-hmm. that, um, you know, have very stereotypical roles for women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm not saying that that's not true of most of the world, but Asia does have, um, you know, the a lot more of a patriarchal um, outlook on the way uh, things are done. Um, so that is ingrained in a lot of our practices that's Mm -hmm. ingrained in a lot of the ways we deal with situations and i think that does contribute towards um the lack of progress for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word but lack of progress for women or the fact that they do face class ceilings in how Mm -hmm. far they can go uh because it is very ingrained into things and sometimes you don't realize how uh ingrained it is until you are thinking about a practice or a custom or a religious thing that you do and you think, huh, how did that come about? Because really that is very much um, focused towards the men. Yeah. And, you know, you've been speaking about the patriarchal society uh, that is there in large parts of Asia or, or the world. How can uh, elders and society change themselves to support women? I think the first thing is um, to acknowledge the fact that many of our traditions were created at a time when um, only men went to work. Mm -hmm. Women were very much dependent on them. And so um, these customs, these traditions were created at that time. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, almost all um, households now are dual income in some way Mm -hmm. because the way that our economy has evolved has mandated it, Mm -hmm. right? So um, you have to really think about these customs and whether they still apply Mm -hmm. in the current scenario. So Mm -hmm. that thinking about it rather than blindly following customs Mm -hmm. um, is is something that, you know, many elders can do. The second is to to create that atmosphere where both um, the work environment, but also within the home is the responsibility of both individuals, not just the the mother or the daughter or the Mm -hmm. sister, but they are, you know, both male and female, because let's face it, it, it is becoming more of an equal world. And um, having that kind of um, perspective does help have more well-rounded um, families and well-rounded economies. So I think that's where um, we do need to put in more effort to educate our sons um, as much as we do our daughters um, and vice versa, educate the daughters in the work world and, you know, to have the degrees that they need to sit, mm. to thrive mm. as much as we do ourselves. Wonderful. So I have time for two more questions. My next question to you is that, again, based on your experience, once a woman starts to earn money, yes. 
and put it back, as you said, 90% of them put it back into their homes or societies. Do you see a change in uh, their uh, status as an equal in the families and society or is the, or is the gap still there? Um, I think it does really help contribute to mm. um, their status in the family because they can, you know, you can see the impact of it, like the education of a child, mm. right, or the progress of a child, right. um, the, um, the way that the household is growing, scaling, the kind of accommodation you have, this kind of thing. So there is that factor of um, prestige and pride that comes with doing that. Um, that being said, um, it can have negative impacts in more traditional families where they mm -hmm. think that just because the person is working, now they think that they're like too big for their britches, mm -hmm. um, which <laughs> is, again, it goes back to education and right. um, normalization of um, both roles being mm -hmm. uh, both genders. Okay. And my last question to you, uh, Minnie, uh, this is for the many, many young people who will listen to our conversation what would you say are three lessons you would want women and, of course, men entrepreneurs uh, and people who are self-employed to take away from our conversation based on all your experience? Well, I would start by saying entrepreneurship is for everyone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's not something to be jumped uh, lightly into. You do have to do your research, make sure that this is what you want to do because it is for the long haul. And it mm -hmm. is a tough journey, whether you're male or female. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're female, it does tend to be slightly harder um, for other reasons. But um, this is something that you really uh, should do your research, invest in, because it is going to be for the long haul. So mm -hmm. do it, but don't be afraid to do it, because um, entrepreneurship is really the way that people are changing the world today. Mm -hmm. The second is, like I said, um, you know, educate both your sons and your daughters mm -hmm. and ensure that they have equal access, equal opportunities, equal mm -hmm. rights. Um, and have equal representation, whether within the home or outside. Okay. So I think that's incredibly important at mm. all ages. Mm. Um, the third one that I would say is um, to corporations or to even to individuals, use your buying power mm -hmm. to help women-owned businesses go. Because even as individuals, we have that purchasing power that can mm -hmm. make all the difference, Right. And so leverage your purchasing power to help women business owners grow, which mm -hmm. in turn impacts, um, you know, communities, economies, and helps them grow and thrive. How wonderful. How wonderful. And on that note of uh, asking corporations and anyone who's buying to use their buying power yeah. to help women, educate your kids, and uh, something you mentioned for each one of us is entrepreneurship is for everyone. Uh, Mini, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking thank to me much. about the amazing work you're doing in WeConnect. And thank you for sharing your perspectives on how women entrepreneurs can and are beginning to make a significant difference in most countries in the world. Thank you for speaking thank you, to Ashutosh, me. And thank you for giving us the platform to talk about this important topic. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. 
just search for the brand called you